Hello, I'm Caroline Carey. I'm a soul worker and soul doula. I have a deep understanding of the soul's journey from cradle to grave, and I've traveled between the veils of the spirit realms. I've studied the path it evokes, and I've come to understand why the majority of today's problems are rooted in the loss of spirituality. So my work, which is Middle Earth Medicine Ways, empowers people to find what is lost and to reclaim their own circle of strength by embodying their soul. And I do this by holding a space for healing and soul retrieval with shamanic skills, trance and conscious dance. I love creative writing and poetry. Please join me in listening to these wonderful teachers and soul workers, the facilitators and the guides of spiritual and shamanic work. They all have something very important to share and are a great gift to our communities. I've learned a lot from listening to them. I invite you to also. How does a creative person deal with their ongoing creative talents and gifts after having a debilitating illness or a stroke, as in this case? Nikki tells us about her journey as a filmmaker and now as a writer and how she had to overcome some of her difficulties after a stroke and how she is continuing to bring a very important message into the world, a message about our indigenous elders, our heritage and those from all over the world who have a very strong message to share. She's uh, quite a remarkable lady and has done an unbelievably magnificent piece of work for society today. Please join me in conversation with Nikki Luna Williams. Luna Williams. It's lovely to see you. We've met over the years, um, largely because of the film you made with Ben, my husband, um, Time of the Sixth Son. You were at my 52nd birthday uh, celebration and ritual ceremony that I held in my back garden and you played a lovely part in that. And I remember you singing, just uh, your, your voice is so beautiful. I have such a wonderful singing voice, but you worked a lot with voice with other people, um, with yourself. Um, and that's a big part of your journey, hey? Not anymore. I'm afraid I had a stroke a year and a half ago and it wasn't when I had the stroke it was probably two months afterwards and my voice literally just stopped from one day to the next Wow! and I'm having vocal coaching now but um, literally I can't sing for toffees. Isn't that so sad what a what a what a loss what a great loss. Yeah 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 
So, so tell me what what is it that you're you're doing now, Nikki? What what do you what do you what do you feel is your calling to create at the moment? Um, my creation is my book um, about the making of the film, and over the eleven years, and I often think of the film being the destination, but the real juice is in the making of it, and you get to hear about the elders and the way they live and etc so what inspired you to create time of the sixth son hmm. um i i had always been teased by my family for being an old hippie and no one really understood me and i think that was i wanted to create a bridge between my world and their understanding of their world. And um, that kind of backfired on me. <laughs> and also listening to um, the, 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 what the children listen to and who their mentors are. So like uh, David Beckham, not that there's anything wrong with David Beckham, but I thought, uh, I needed to get the voice to the indigenous elders. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, um, it, what what you 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 were in the filming industry before yeah. you started to make this film. When when did you begin that particular journey? Yeah. Um, two thousand and um, no, no, not two thousand nineteen eighty four. I think. So yeah. I worked with um, Roger Deakins. Um, on seven of his feature films and um, as you and probably Ben are aware he did he moved to America and did all the Cohen brother films for years so I really worked with the top guy a cinematographer nice nice how did you get into that um, I started at Samuelson's, a camera rental house, and um, I had to do the 364 days of um, training. And um, so I was the only girl in the camera department. And um, yeah, it took me about two years to get my ACCT card. And um, yeah, but I, I, I turned it to my advantage because I was the only girl and I had to be the best at what I did. So when other people were kind of the guys were walking around, I I had to run. I had to be that bit extra. And that's so interesting how women yeah. really. I think there are only two, two other women who... Um, made a stance in the, the film industry at that time. It was a really male-run industry and very nepotistic too. Right, yeah. yeah. So you came into that, was, it, were, were you, was that just a job that you happened to get, go for or was it, was, it, was it a real passion for the camera and the film? No, I just returned. <laughs> it wasn't at all. I should, probably should have been a makeup girl or something like that, but... Um, I had just returned from Australia and I saw a job advertised and I went for it on a feature film as a runner. 
Right, right. Yeah, so it wasn't a passion to cameras at all. And I probably shouldn't have gone into it because the technical side always trips me up. That's it. Well, I have to work that much harder at it. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. Being married to a filmmaker, I, all that techie stuff is just, whoa. Incredible. Yeah. Really. So as, as a child, what were you passionate about? What did you love as a child? What was your favourite um, favorite hobbies or games? Yeah, making jewellery, which is something I've always kept up. And so even throughout the making of the film, I would be down the markets on a Saturday um, selling my wares and um, my feathered, leathered and horny. Feathered, leathered. Feathered and horny. Wow. So oh. feathers, leather, and horns from deer. Right, right. I bet that was just so beautiful. I bet it is really beautiful. Yeah, I've got loads of it left. And that's quite a quite an art to that, hey. So it's something that's very connected to the natural world. Yeah. It wasn't like glitzy, pretty, yeah, yeah. Jewel, you know, sort of shiny jewelry. Yeah. It was it's like very earthy. Stuff. Yeah, for sure. Why did you lean towards that, do you think, rather than the glitzy stuff? Yeah, I've always been into the shamanic okay. healing arts. So it went back to 1996, where I um, trained as an inversion therapist. I was always very sensitive to energies, an empath, one might say. The secrets that are held within the family. I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't always name it or whatever. But that gave me my intuition. Yeah. That's a force that has been with me always. I understand that. I think we, we're very similar in that way. Yeah. Forces and family yeah. and Yeah. <laughs> but that led me on to the healing and shamanic arts, basically exactly yeah I understand and that wasn't an, until I was probably 33 um that that happened and um I gave up filmmaking for a couple of years and um did the inversion therapy and that's where my teachings really came from I had a great teacher and and for the listeners what is inversion therapy a practice where one is taken off the ground and it is a practice of absolute trust. So the client sits on your feet, leans back into nowhere, but I'm always supporting the body until they are spread eagles on their back, totally limp. And then I ask them to do a leap of faith and open the legs wide and bring them all the way over. And I change my foot position to being across the femoral artery. And they are then suspended totally upside down. And that they, you have a contraption for this? No, it's no, my do, body. You, with your, wow. Yeah, it's a phenomenal. Wow. Go look it up in version therapy. And so, yeah, that level of trust, it, it's you must have done that yourself. You must have had that done to you quite a bit. So learning, yeah. trust, learning yeah. to trust the process. And that what a great teaching that is for learning to trust the process you're on, that spirit is guiding you to make a film, to write the book, to 
just to lean into what is yeah. actually happening. So that was a a way in, in a sense, do you think? I, I think of myself as a space holder, and I am a space holder for many things. And um, But originally I was holding people in a space, a contained space, yeah. safe space. And um, yeah. that follows through. Teaching trust. Yeah. Mm. I think that's really beautiful. And you, you mm. emanate that, that level of trusting in spirit, which is exactly what you're writing about at the moment. Mm. You have to learn to trust. And that not that something that has been taken away or we've let go of in society? It's like that level of, of connection to the spirit world. And most of our problems in today's society are rooted. Yeah in the loss of spirituality. Yeah, and the loss of trust, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. There we go. That's the answer to all our problems, eh? Get <laughs> trust in that power greater than yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what the indigenous teach us. Get back to Mother Earth, get back to the spirit world. And uh, yeah, we can then- Remembering our roots. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the message of the film, isn't it? Yeah. And to walk more lightly on the earth. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And not Which use... Of course, the indigenous do. Of course they do. And, and not to just use the earth as a resource for, for self-gratification. Absolutely. That's all the messages of the film, hey? Because we haven't said a huge amount about what is the actual message of the film. And also, um, it's all within, and it always has been. Mm. We give our power away to doctors and um, healthcare professionals, well, to anyone who is in a position of authority. And we know, we know it all. We just have to trust ourselves enough to go within. Of course, it's and people have a place on some level, don't they? Because I know my life's been saved by, you know, going to the hospital and, and you know, being looked after in that sense. And then there are times where self-care is very necessary as well, hey? Yeah, and, sure. In all sorts of areas. So one of the things that I love to hear about is how we were literally as little children. Mm. And the, the journey of the, what I call the golden thread that the the sovereign journey and that the soul journey has panned out from from birth or even conception yeah. well I I always liked jewelry like beads you know as a young child I was always making beads and stuff so one of the links that I can see there as a, a little girl it was all about beads and jewelry and making things but with a, with definitely a connection to the natural world within that and here you are making this film with indigenous people who, who are always wearing beads and yeah. earthy jewellery. So, and you, you're, you're wearing a beautiful pair of earrings <laughs> that listeners can't see, but feathers and bone. And, and you know, it's exactly yeah. The Huni Kuin made these from the Amazon. Amazing. So mm -hmm. you were always fascinated with that, you know, what you could see of... I was fascinated by many, many things. And actually, I mean, you were saying as a young child, but I grew up um with horses mm -hmm. my dad was um he hunted unfortunately <laughs> okay. and um I was blooded as a, as a young child yeah 
uh, with the tail of the fox. And when I was old enough, I gave it up. But that was my uh, every day. I was out at the crack of dawn and came back after the horses were fed and we had stables and stuff. So that really was my thing. Right, right. And, and so that it totally figures that you'd have been really curious about indigenous cultures, listening to the, the elders of, of these tribes and finding out more information about them. And that's exactly what you did in Time of the Six Sun. Yeah, yeah. So there is a thread that has woven itself through your life. Yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> you found your way in. It called you in. That job appeared and you... Yeah, I mean, when I joined the film industry, I was making shells and stuff, uh, shell jewellery in Australia. And when I came back and saw this advert for the film industry... Um, it called you, eh? It called you. It, it, it took you in. Yeah. You knew it was the right thing for you. Yeah, but I always... Because of this thing about being a girl, I would have my head buried in um, the book bark book of bark flower remedies, whereas the guys were technical manuals and yeah. stuff like that. So <clears throat> I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, but but you you went on to create an amazing documentary mm. series, yeah, called Time of the. Six. I think my, that was my tenacity. <laughs> and stubbornness what but isn't that what's needed sometimes yeah you know if yeah, we absolutely. To create something and you absolutely. have to yourself in that field on some level um and, and rise above the the constrictions of, of being a woman in that industry and you did it you, you you've created a masterpiece yeah which is is how many followers how many people have watched that film over a million people for yeah. For sure. Wow. And it holds such an important message, hey? Mm. What yeah, you... I'm, I live by so many of the... I'd like to read you something that really stuck with me. Um, and it was an uh, Allegra Adams um, said it at the LA Consciousness um, 2010 or whatever. And she says, it's a madness to spend millions of dollars on films that do not elevate the human condition, but contribute to further suffering. Each new film that is brought forth has the opportunity to contribute to an evolutionary leap for humankind, or it can further contribute to the decline of our civilization. Our films need to become guiding lights during this time of confusion. And that I've I've put in my first book. Um, mm. It's such a powerful piece. It really, really is down to us as filmmakers to make sure our films are guiding lights. And so many of them aren't, hey? Yeah. So, so many films. Just so many. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's shocking, really, what, what our, our youth, what our children are able to witness. Exactly. And that's what really got me started. I think so good. So that was the inspiration for this mm. to find some medicine for the world rather than yeah. entertainment. We've got plenty yeah. of entertainment, haven't we? Medicine is treasure for sure. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah. So what were the, the, the biggest challenges, apart from the fact that you were a woman in this male-dominated field, what was it that, that challenged you about just, just the ability to be able to step forward and say, I'm going to make this film, I'm going to start now? What did you have to overcome? Funding probably okay. was the biggest thing. I um, way before crowdfunding ever was on the scene, um, I started a thing called the Heartwave, uh, Heartwave Funding, I think it was called. And um, I invited people, if they weren't interested or it didn't resonate with them, to then simply add a prayer and pass it on to someone else. And we raised quite a bit of funds from that. Right. say maybe 14,000 or whatever. Quite the innovator, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is great, which is great. And we have to be, hey. You know, mm. we're going to be just handed a, a silver platter with everything that we need. We've got to yeah. find a way, you know, if we want to fulfil some of our projects and passions, that we've, we've got to, yeah, be inventive. And yeah, for sure. It's needed. So you did that. And, and where did you first start to film? Um, the first filming took place in 2004 on the uh, spring solstice and we went to Mexico. But before that, um, I had I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I had been doing the festivals and my inversion therapy and um, a young boy had visited me a year earlier. He had no idea as I, I was a filmmaker and had a sound healing session from me and he inspired him to go around the world and basically he just turned up at my door one day about three weeks before the ceremony in um, Mexico and he he um, came in and we discussed a zillion things but uh, after hearing me out and the fact that I was a filmmaker and I would have been, um, well, Ben had worked on it, One Giant Leap. I was very inspired that and so was he. And so um, by the end of our conversation, he said he'd been left some money and he would like to seed fund the project, which was incredible. And I asked him to put his money where his mouth was. And literally the next day we were started planning the shoot. So that's what got me out there originally. So that was like an angel knocking on your door. Yeah. The Otomi people had put out a call for an 8,000 drum ceremony and we answered that call. And um, basically were there three weeks later and we still actually didn't have permission to film. And so that was a huge, long, drawn-out thing where um, I had to sit at the table with all the elders and explain why I was making this, this film. And um, I still didn't know until literally we, we were filming everything anyway. Um, but we didn't realize we had permission until like 15 minutes before the ceremony. Wow. Wow. That was extraordinary. Must have been so exciting. Yeah. 
go on all those journeys. And that's all on my in my book, um, filmmaking, filmmaking guided by spirit. And you really get a sense of that that this film was guided by spirit throughout. Absolutely, we we took channeling sessions every two or three months, and from John the Beloved, and um, not when is funding coming or dates because spirit doesn't work in that way as we know but things that were blocking the film or people who were blocking the film from happening so that was really interesting was, was some of that going on it was being blocked yeah wow hmm. by one person who it mattered to him what his parents thought so he didn't really want the film to come out maybe in a subconscious level okay. um, because they he would have to deal with that right. and um, another lady who really didn't want to be seen and uh, she was blocking it as well energetically right yeah now that's difficult isn't it when that's going on and yeah. it really had to be shown to the world. It's something very, very important. Yeah. And it has changed a lot of people's lives, hey? Yeah. You've had messages you've said where people have said, thank you. It's changed. We've created a wall of love. And um, it's uh, further down, if you scroll down the page, and, um, it, well, I don't know if you can... No, you can you can put it up. It's www.timeofthesixthsunlaunch.com, yeah. and you go to that page, and further down is the wall of love. And the amount of testimonials that we've had mm. are is incredible. Wow, wow, that that's beautiful. Yeah, well, I'll certainly put the website up in the in the box. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And um, people saying. I really felt alone. I didn't realize there were other people like this out there. And um, it r really woke me up, saved my life. I mean, incredible stuff. Wow, so wonderful. And so what inspired you to write a book about it? I realized that I'd only taken snippets of each of my speakers because the subject was so large consciousness <laughs> I mean it's huge and um, so I really only gave uh, two or three snippets of speakers comments or quotes so I really wanted to expand on that I didn't think it did it justice at all and also the film was never about me ever ever but you have a story within it. You yeah. Have a story to share. Yeah, but it wasn't about me. It was about the indigenous speakers yeah. and what was needed. So I decided to make a book to bring my perspective into it as well. Right, right. And and I think that's really important, isn't it? That, you know, what's the story behind the story kind of thing? That actually, yeah. you know, we want to know what your journey was with it because that's inspiring as well maybe for other filmmakers, but also, you know, how to really fulfill this project that you've put your heart and soul into. Yeah, yeah. That 11 years. To follow through. How many years? 
11 years, but I then took another three years out because I had an autoimmune disease. Okay. And um, I just had to put it on the back burner. And so that's when I found Teo, when I came back to it. Um, Teo was just incredible and he um, has played such a big part in the last part of filming but actually it was um, in the marketing of the film. Okay, and he's been helped to produce and get it out into... Not really produce. Not produce? What, what would you but say? That was, he was an executive um, producer, I guess, okay. but more on the marketing side. Okay, yeah, and the marketing is, is massive, isn't it? That's, yes. that's a journey in itself. We wouldn't have got it out there otherwise, I don't think, after all that time. Um, but we both um, attended the, the Movie Makers Academy, which taught you how to monetize and get it out there and to create a movement. Right, right. And we had three mentors, Jeff Hayes being one of them who's done the Fauci book, or a film of the Fauci book. And um, that was really helpful. So we went there two times to attend the annual conference. And um, yeah. You really took it, the marketing you really took seriously because it's not, just putting, few, it's not just putting a few posts on. No, no. And, and a few newsletters, you know, it, it's like, it's a big deal. And, and, and so many of us struggle with marketing. Yeah. Days, but you took it very seriously. Yeah, and I think, uh, um, the, that's the difference between Teo and myself. He's come from a marketing background and mine is a creative background. And so it worked perfectly, actually. I didn't get involved with the marketing too much and vice versa. Right. So those marketing people out there, you know, they are really worth their weight in gold. Hey? They're just, yeah. it's incredible yeah, yeah, yeah. they are able to do to help bring creative projects to the public that yeah. other would go unseen and, and yeah. I mean normally a, a, um, a documentary would maybe last the circuit a year I mean we've been going four years and yeah. um, still strong it's fantastic to hear yeah. in marketing people out there I want one of those yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Of> that one <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah, it, it really is a a whole work of art in itself isn't it really yeah. but um, yeah so so then so you you've finished the film and you marketed it and you've got had over a million views um i know from sharing with you previously that you you've moved house you've had a lot going on for you and as you said at the beginning you had a stroke yeah two well, strokes two strokes two strokes and they just came out of 12 hours a day at my computer holding the film for that long I couldn't go on like that so it stopped me basically and I had brain damage which is why my recollection isn't so good okay. but I'm fighting all the way uh, that is amazing because you seem very eloquent and very able to mm. hold a conversation and just and you're still you're writing your book, so it's a great inspiration for others who might go through some of that. Well, I've had a very good mentor with that. <laughs> your good self. <laughs> <laughs> Our writing groups, hey. 
Oh. Yeah, well, I can't speak highly enough. That's really got me through actually the last year of keeping on it and staying with my book. Yeah, and, and you, we need something creative to be doing sometimes when we go through a, an illness or something. Exactly. To us, it's, it's really important to have that, isn't it? Mm. It's amazing. So what would you say to others, maybe in the film industry or the writing of books? or You know, what, what is your gift now from this experience? I never imagined in 2004 that it would become the thing it's become it's it's extraordinary yeah. and yet always i i was working on the merchandise way back then thinking well we can have a book and um all the transcripts and everything else and everything that i said back then has manifested which is to me incredible yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. i've seen the the, the the book the first book and the the package that you created with the dvds and you know so much has gone into that it is a very very beautiful product for people to have um and and you you've put so much work into that there's the book nick is showing me the book at the moment and it is stunning it is a very very actually my, i i have to say i i'm in it myself because i played a part in the in time of the sixth son you played a big part and so, um, yeah, and it's just a record of all the photographs we took over the 11 years and quotes from the speakers. And it's a sweet little book, but it's not the juice. Not the juice. It's not all of it. No, no. So where, where do you hope that this, what's your hope for, for the film now and your book for the future? I've been looking at creating an app and the app will be kind of like a portal that indigenous people can post on. And um, I, I think they really, really need a voice, desperately need a voice. Yeah, and, and so there's those who, who need to share their voices and we need to give platform to that. That's really important, I guess. Yeah. And, and personally, for me, it's not just the indigenous people, but there's a lot of people in our yeah. who have strong yeah who have something to share and they're not being heard hey do you know is there's one thing to get a voice out there but who really needs to be listening to these voices the decision makers probably okay. <laughs> government decision makers i just think it touches people on such a soul level i think that's a really good answer in that sense the decision makers those who can affect our indigenous cultures those who who can affect the lives of people whose voices aren't being heard you know if they were to listen and to really understand what's going on but you know the question always is well what stops them and uh, you know we see a lot of what stops yeah happening sure society um but um you know you you've contributed a massive amount to our cultures and to those who are awakening and want to awaken i think that's the thing it's awakening and remembering Yes, yeah. And ultimately, we're going to have to go back to some yes. of those teachings, aren't we? It's the world cannot Absolutely. go. Absolutely. So much of my life has been, recent life has been taking on board what the elders have been saying and putting that into practice, literally. Yeah. Yes. Mm. 
You have, yeah. You're walking your talk, hey? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's very inspiring, Nikki. I also want to say that we have given the film away for free. Mm. Always. Mm. And that was a great marketing strategy because we wanted as many people in the world to see it as, poss as possible. And that's a difficult decision to make, isn't it? To give it for free, but also to be able to cover costs because it's a very, very oh. expensive project. Very expensive. And we still haven't paid back the um, initial investors. Okay. We're hoping to. And it's not just, you know, what it's actually cost to make, but, you know, the cost of energy, the cost of your time. Um, yeah. Devoted your life to this, hey? Yeah. Great expense in, in, in many ways to your health and your own well-being. Yeah, yeah that's the biggest thing is my health, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. So hopefully in time you will be, you will receive what is due to you, you know, from this film. And I, I don't think I will ever see. I think you will, no. No, I, I don't. Um, but it's service to humanity, isn't it? And maybe that's the thing, isn't it? That you're, you're, you, it's not so much about the money, but it's the service that you've done and, and the joy you can feel from that. Yeah. And the fulfillment that one can feel from that. Whenever I feel depressed, I go to our wall of love and read a few comments. <laughs> well, that's that's perfect. That's a great thing to be doing. Hey? Yeah. Ah, oh, well, Nikki, Luna, you know, this has been a really lovely conversation to have with you. And, um, you know, I, I really wish your project well and, you know, continues to reach those who who need to receive it and uh, who need to listen to it. Um, and not to be a judge of that, but to, you know, to recognise that some of what the wisdom that's in that film is uh, would be well, well worth hearing in certain places in the world. But uh, yeah, and it wasn't only a documentary, but there were eight, um, a series of eight docuseries, right. each approximately an hour long um, that went along with it. So that's also an amazing and then put those together of course yeah it's not just a film is it, it, it there's a huge amount to it mm. massive project mm. yeah and it's something you want you want to have on your on your dining room table isn't it or your, your living room table it's, it's like a, a you know just a beautiful thing to to witness yeah. itself. and then to be able to watch the films and read the book and look at the pictures and um, and and like you say the the smaller um, immersing yourself in it yes yeah mm. absolutely yeah well thank you so much for this it's been a real pleasure to have you on our podcast and thank you. yeah it's, it's it's particularly lovely to hear about your journey through your life and how it's developed and how you found what was yours to do anything you're going to be doing in the future or is this just following the the Time of the Sixth Sun. Well, I need to get the book finished. Yes. That's my thing right now. Yes. But I wanted to make uh, the follow-on project was um, a project about the kids. Okay. The kids on the earth and how they're extraordinary, extraordinary, the children. I have such hope in the kids. Yes. Not all kids. <laughs> some of the kids yeah well that would be great what what a fantastic project to, to be but 
that's on hold at the moment. <laughs> well, yeah. the dream is there, hey? Yeah. Planting the seed, that's all we have to do. Yeah. Planting the seeds and opening hearts. That was our motto all the way through. There you go. There you go. Well, the kids would certainly do that here. And I'm aware that we're only part of the awakening movement, a really small part. And then many people doing it through song or whatever medium, writing books, filmmaking. So we're just one of those. Helping to remember. Ten years on, we re-interviewed a lot of the elders, I think 38 of them in total, and um, brought it up to date. So much has happened in the last 10 years. Not that wisdom is dated, but they had a lot more to say. So um, that's great. So it's often the way, isn't it? You, you know, I, I know that if I've ever done a recording of something then later on it's like oh yeah but I didn't say that and now I now I'm much freer with my voice and I understand it better I've digested something now I can share that more easily and I think that sometimes happens doesn't it we've got to digest yeah. ourselves and embody it in order yeah. to share it you know in the way that we need it to be heard definitely yeah great the music, I mean, Estas, Estas Tone, I'd like to speak about that a little bit, but we picked him up right as he was busking and making the break into the big time, but he was still busking essentially. And um, I met him at Zoo Studios and he was giving a concert on a, a Russian gypsy troubadour. Wow he was labeled as and I went down there to zoo studios and saw him enchant an entire audience and to the thing of enchantment is doesn't matter if you're male or female everyone was enchanted wow. yeah so I took it I took him for lunch the next day and said I'd really like you to be the protagonist in the film and he said, I need 10 minutes to walk around and think about it. And he came back and he said, okay. But, and I didn't even know I was looking for a protagonist at that stage. And um, I was, it was quite in a way into the film. Right. And um, he was perfect, actually. I needed someone who was, had that quality of fire and was uh, strong enough to hold the transmission of the elders. So he kind of plays the everyman throughout the piece. But it, yeah, and it's, it's fascinating to watch that. Mm. It's not just talking heads and people discussing what's wrong with the world and things like that, is yeah, it? Yeah. Real storyline to it. Yeah. Which does help the viewer. Yeah, and the storyline was that um, he, he wouldn't mind me saying this, he um, was a gang member whilst in Ukraine and his dad actually had to join the gang to get him out of it. And then they, uh, the Russians had to, the Russian Jews had to move out of Ukraine. So they went to Tel Aviv and he spent the next years, 10 years as a drug addict. And um, so he has an incredible story to tell. 
and he's so wise. Yeah. He's he's actually has over a hundred million followers on YouTube on so many of his tracks. I mean, he's big time now. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't script him at all. He was totally unscripted, and so we had to just say what came to him in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. He was incredible. Wow. Yeah, really, really. And his music is just sublime. I can't I can't praise Ben enough for holding my hand every step of the way. Like um I'd like him to get up and do the 4 a.m. sunrise over Lake Titicaca. And I didn't even need to say it. He was up and out there and did it. And he was, he's just amazing. He's quite the filmmaker, hey? He really is. The Very old fashioned yeah. documentary filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. He gets out there, does it, and yeah. sees what needs to be filmed. Doesn't wait to be told. He's like, yeah. He's, and, he's... and, that pleasure of working with someone because I come from a film industry background. There are so many filmmakers who are videographers and, um, but Ben has that training mm. right from the word go. So there's an unspoken word really in the film industry. It's a bit like the army or something. Mm. Mm. And, um, yeah. And we're talking about Ben Cole cinematography. Uh, yeah. Put his his website here, maybe. It's amazing. Great. Yeah. Hey, Nikki. Wonderful. Um, I think we. Well, thank you to you because you really are such an inspiring couple. Wonderful. Oh. Well, much love to you. Yeah. Uh, good luck with your book. And thank you. Yeah. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Yay. Thank you. Bye, Nikki Luna. Bye. Thank you so much for listening right to the end. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And remember, you can be in touch with myself or this speaker. My website is middleearthmedicine.com. We have a wonderful membership platform that you can join for just £5 a month. And we have lots of recordings and interesting information that we can share with you there, plus meeting online with regular groups. You can also find the details of our speaker in the box below with their links, their websites, and a little bit of information about them. Thank you for joining me and being part of this Middle Earth Medicine community. I hope you'll listen to our next show. Please follow, share, like, whatever you can do to help this community to grow. We really appreciate you. Thank you.